Hello, and welcome to the Tea and Grumpets podcast, the red pill of the podcast world. I am one of your hosts, Glenn. And I'm the other one, Mike. And we have a rampacked hour for you this week. We are going to be talking about a retrospective Sea of Thieves. Uh, I've been replaying the game quite extensively lately. Um, what have you got for us, Mike? I'm going to be talking about virtual experiences in this current climate. And then we have something we're looking forward to, which is what? It is Predator Hunting Grounds, the new Predator game coming up from Ilphonic, uh, where you basically play as the Predator or the Hunters or Hunted. Um, so lots of exciting stuff to come up. But before we do all of that, how have you been, Mike? What have you been up to this week? Good. Uh, it's been a interesting week. It's been busy. Uh, I, I find myself being more busy than ever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, just picking up food, cooking, all the stuff that life requires. Uh, playing some Animal Crossing still, reading a bunch, listening to podcasts, trying to catch up on things I've missed when life was normal. And how about you? Yep, pretty much the same. I have been building a bar still. Uh, that's still going. I, I sent Mike some videos and photos of uh, various activities happening in the bar. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's been doing that. I've been doing a lot of lot of gaming and like yourself, a lot of reading as well, just catching up on stuff. Um, I haven't actually watched very much. I've been kind of trying to reduce what I actually watch lately because you tend to fall into that glut of just, I'll just put this on and not have to worry about anything. Um, so I'm trying to avoid that kind of uh, thought process at the moment. So yeah, pretty good. Yeah, the bar videos are wonderful. I mean, I wish we could share them with the world. But uh, yeah, it looks awesome. It's <laughs> really came along. I didn't know you could convert a garage into a bar like that. And y you guys look like you were having a wonderful time. So uh, hey, it's just good to see you having fun <laughs> in the midst of all this craziness. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I think your, your comment of uh, Freddie Mercury's got nothing on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, folks, if you could see it, uh, I'm telling you, Glenn was tearing it up in that garage using a pool cue to sing some beautiful Queen songs. So it's it's been a jolly old time over here. So you've been having some fun with the Sea of Thieves, huh? Like, yes. What made you go back to this Okay, game? long story short, and anyone who listened to our Christmas episode will remember, I purchased my now 10-year-old an Xbox One for his Christmas present. Uh, gave him Game Pass with it. He loved it. But he was only playing Roblox on there. And a couple of weeks ago, I was actually quite honest with him and said, I can't play this game anymore with you. Let's find something we both like. Um, and I said, try out Sea of Thieves. And he went off. Didn't think I'd hear any more from him. He comes back and he's like, can you play Sea of Thieves with me? I'm like, yeah, if you want. Uh, so that's what I've been doing. Nightly um, playing Sea of Thieves with him online for an hour two hours we jump on do different quests uh, and coming from part of the original when it launched back in february 2018 to where it is now um it was actually quite eye-opening just how how different it is um when mike and i originally played this this was a game that mike was so excited about um and he's got a long story to tell about this anyway about the whole fiasco with Sea of Thieves because he had a bit of a back order going on directly from Rare yeah. 
Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. But I'm actually staggered by how different this game is. It's still it's still a sailing simulator. Let's not get get that wrong. He's still doing the same thing. You're learning how to sail a ship. You're being a pirate or a merchant or whatever you want to be. But there's so much content in this now. I'm actually quite taken aback by how much there is actually to do. Um, so what is there to do? What's changed? Well, I'm dying they, to know. They've here. actually got story modes in it now. And these story modes, they're interlinked quests, and you've got a uh, Nine Tall Tales, and it's called The Shores of Gold. And it's basically, you have to go and do, and it's almost like, um, if you imagine the plot line from a Pirates of the Caribbean film, um, mm. you're basically doing that, you're having to sail places, solve riddles. I mean, I found myself in one, one thing, actually stuck in a room that was locked down it was filling up with water and I was, I was under pressure to solve this puzzle by rotating these stone blocks and it's just me and my kids stuck in there and the genuine tension building up of this now, I've never experienced or enjoyed anything like it so I was absolutely terrified because if you fail it doesn't put you back at the start it just wipes the quest you have to start that whole thing again so you could have been spending 10 hours doing this so you have that genuine pressure that I've put X amount of time of my life in this to do this quest if I mess it up I, I am pretty much dead it's not I get to go back to a checkpoint I have to start the whole thing again and a game like Sea of Thieves obviously the whole thing's based sailing there are no fast travel you have to sail there um, let me ask you what are the rewards is it is it more of like the journey is the reward or like do you actually get something and is there incentive to go on to the next area uh, yeah you do get um, you'll get like cosmetic stuff to show off okay. because there are no real upgrades in Sea of Thieves so basically everything's cosmetic anyway so you'll get that you'll get a, a title saying you've um, solved the shroud breaker puzzle um, okay and, so it's basically the same with some navigation as to hey go do this yeah uh, but the, the point oh, of this quest is you then get to sail off the map that's the thing Oh, cool. uh, yeah, this right. is the thing, but you can't go beyond the shroud because you need to solve the puzzle to be able to go to the shores of gold, which are basically an area you cannot navigate unless you have these certain things. Um, hmm. And that was always the dream. Uh, I can remember we sailed off the edge of the map before and it went red and our ship broke up. Well, it's the idea, and it, I think it is the journey. It's the, it's they've they've really woven in a good mythology now where they they're not telling you too much. They're just enough suggestion. Um, okay, that sounds good. It sounds not, better. Yeah, it's it's all hinted at, and you do. I have been found found myself thinking about this game a lot when I'm not playing it, which started out as yeah. just something to play with my kid, and I'm now thinking, oh, I wonder what would happen if I did this or I went there. Um, plus, you've got um, you got this crazy stuff you can find now, like shipwrecks, like some of the bizarre stuff we've seen. Um, I mean, the worst one I think I, I told you about it is. We actually had the, a megalodon attack us, and anyone who doesn't know a megalodon's a prehistoric shark, huge thing. And um, these things actually have hunting grounds in the game. They don't just randomly spawn; they hunt. So they've got an area of the map where there's five of them, and it, they, they'll basically hunt in that map. And it was crazy because we had this this megalodon turn up. Uh, and I, I think I told you about, I, I was sailing the ship and I turned around and this thing was just going for the back of my little sloop. Like, I just saw this giant wow. jaw coming up out of the water. I actually jumped back in my chair, so I was so taken aback by it. 
Um, and we're trying to fight this thing off. And then a skeleton ship spawns out from under the waves. And if you've ever seen one of them spawn, they come up from under the waves like any good sunken ship. And then this thing, it was crazy, started turning its attention on them, was attacking them, and uh, we, <laughs> we just sailed off. I was like, just, <laughs> just leave it to deal with that. But it was Let just, them <laughs> Yeah, it was just the... And the thing is, I've encountered it a couple of times since. I've never had this moment happen again. It was complete chance that it went, have that, and then this happens. And it was the way they were interacting. It felt very, very like a living, breathing world. Nice. It really that's, did. Uh, that's crazy. I mean, uh, yeah, it, I, I have fond memories of the game. It, it, it was a fun one. You know, it's a game where you go on a ship and you just have fun with your friends and you you find your own adventure. So it, it reminds me a lot of my other favorite game in the world, No Man's Sky, which I hate with a passion. But <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's basically make your own adventure. Yeah. But, uh, so now it's really just no man's sky, Glenn. Like it's the same damn thing. They they, they eventually thought, hey, we got to put a story mode in here so people that don't know what they're doing, like me, haven't have like a clear route. So it, um, that's good. I I think they put a more effort in than the Hello Games for the story. Well, so so did like a rat. Okay, they did yeah. nothing. So, but um, yeah. Oh, okay, good, cool. It's a fun game. I'd go back and play it. I mean, I'm happy that you and your kid are getting time with this. And elite, it sounds like it's as deep as you want to make it. Yeah, it it really is. It's it's just a sense of I think it's a sense of adventure. Whereas in No Man's yeah. Sky. You kind of you had the unlimited planets thing. After a while, you've seen everything because they use the a same sense of isolation. Yeah. You know? With this, you do genuinely have a. You need to be working as a team to sail that ship. You know, like yeah. I've got him as a navigator. He has to tell me where to go because you can't see the map, um, and you're having to rely on very strange mechanics where you are having to take into account things like wind drag. Or do I lower the anchor now, or do I wait until I'm pulling up here because it has a certain effect on the ship? Uh, and on top of all that, because you've got other players knocking around as well, you also have those interactions where people can just jump in your game and attack you, uh, which which, yep. which can be quite annoying. Huh. It really can because you're you're halfway through a quest and you just get a cannibal across the front. Um, but yeah, it is. It's, it's the great thing about it is it's very, very, very unpredictable um, with what actually happens in the games. Like some days I've sailed and nothing's happened. It's just been a nice, peaceful voyage where you're going out picking up bounties or hunting for treasure or whatever. Um, there have been other times where I've been sailing along and you'll just the sea will go black and then the kraken spawns and. Hmm. And that's it. It's just, it's genuinely quite terrifying. It really is. Um, I, I can't really describe how unnerving it is. Just, I think it's because I, I have a slight fear of the sea anyway. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm kind of fascinated by it, but it's also like space for me that you could potentially just be dumped in it and you, you've just got nowhere to go, you've got no bearings. So yeah. I think that's what appeals to me is that slight. Oh, I don't like this very much. And it, their C is so well done. Uh, I mean, it's an absolutely beautiful game anyway. We always said that. Um, that I think they've actually done a really good job with their update because we're now on the Hearts of Fire update. 
Uh, and they're promising more to come. I mean, you had the Hungering Deep, which was the Megalodon. Uh, you've had Cursed Sails. And uh, they're now on their anniversary update. So I think they're going to keep going. I, mean, I know they've got a plan that they're planning on, I think... Um, I think they're calling it a game as a service, so they're just going to be pumping lots of new stuff in. And to be fair, they never charge you for the expansions anyway, so... Good, it sounds like it's been upgraded a lot. That's It's worth revisiting. Yeah, this is their 15th update, so, you know. Good. I mean, because... The, I don't want to spend too much longer on this, but the bottom line is when it launched, it was not there was nothing to do. Yeah, there was really not a lot to do, and it was just once you've done one mission, that was it. So that was really frustrating. And yeah, uh, you know, I, I had so much faith in this game. This I fell into a no man's sky syndrome again, where I put all my eggs, wow, all my eggs in one basket, and I said I, I'm going all out with this. I ordered the art book and everything, and it, it was just a disaster. It was a real big disappointment to me. And after I'd say two days of playing it, I we didn't play it for about six months, and uh, because it was so boring. It's a boring game. It's a beautiful game, but it is boring at launch. So, um, have they? Qu quick, yes, no. Have have they added in stuff to do? Yes, you got an arena okay. mode, and you've got uh, various proper quests now. You can pick up not okay. not just a mission. You can actually go on a full on story mode Good. quest. Yeah. Because that's what should have been there at launch. And we can go into a whole other uh, discussion, but I think if they would have produced what they've done after the 15th update on, on day one, you know, just put out a game that doesn't require 15 updates, you know, to make it playable. You know, because half your player base is gone now. But, it, it, I mean, are there people playing still, Glenn? Like, um, running? I think I read last active player count. It's like 20 million, so... There's no way that's true. There's just no way that's true. The, the, the 20 million people are not playing Sea of Thieves. I don't know. We, we, always in, we do always encounter you will see other people on the servers. Okay. Um, so there are definitely people playing. There really are. Um, I don't know whether it's true. I got that from uh, Rare. I, I have it right here. 283,000 people on PC. That, that was... Oh, that was basically at launch... And then it hit 1.7 on uh, yeah. July of 10 2018. Million, January 2020, yeah. Wow. Okay. It's pretty Fair good. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I, I find those numbers to be astronomical, but it, so be it. Okay. Cool. I'm happy the game has a resurgence. I doubt I'm going to go and play it again. Um, It's just... It, it's, it left a sour taste in my mouth, and it's not... It, there are better games. Mm -hmm. You know, th there are better games like the the, the rock building game that we play. Um, oh, that, that's yeah, Deep Rock Galactic. Deep Rock Galactic is absolutely incredible mm -hmm. and like puts this to shame in every way. It's a different game, but anyway, that's cool. I'm happy it's a, it's playable. You know, but uh, I, I doubt I'll be going back. There's just too many other good things to do. This is a good game for me. I don't know if you feel the same. Just to sit back and relax like an Animal Crossing type game, and then things happen, and you're like, oh no, stress. You know, so it, it, it can take your emotions from zero to 100 in a very short amount of time. Absolutely. So, good. That's awesome, man. But you know what's been uh, annoying me lately, you know, really teeing my grumpet, is um, people saying I'm so bored. Glenn, I have never been so busy in my life. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, at home, I have never been so busy. And that's taking work aside, 
okay um there's just so much to do so today what i think would be awesome for us and our listeners is to i i have a whole bunch of stuff that we can talk about what you can be doing to fill up some of this time because i hear the the most uh, problematic thing during this time is i'm bored yeah I'm bored. what, sh- what should i do same thing yeah and I, I hear that from a lot of my friends so um I, i've attended a couple really interesting unique events the past week or two um, the first one is a virtual wedding. Okay. And yeah, my friends, uh, they had a date um, in April, and it's very meaningful to them, I've learned. And they also had to push back their actual wedding into July. And that's still happening as of now. I doubt it really will, but time will tell. So the virtual wedding was held through Facebook Live. And 150 of us gathered, and it was only very close family. I'd say six people total, and they went to, uh, I don't know the the proper term for it, the person that was marrying them, their house, and everyone was six feet apart. They were on the front lawn of this person's house who is an ordained priest or minister, and they held the wedding through Facebook Live. It, It lasted a total of five minutes, which I really appreciate. You know, I'm all for short weddings, and... Uh, they got married right on this person's lawn and now we have the celebration in a couple months but that is a first for me i don't know if you've ever had a virtual wedding glenn but no uh, i i haven't i've heard about people being married in uh, world of warcraft um yes (laughs) (laughs) you laugh but why not yeah yeah, whatever i mean you know whatever makes people happy really yeah so that was a sight to see and then uh right at the beginning of this pandemic of a group that I'm a, a part of, uh, they said, we're going to hold a convention online. Okay. Uh, it's it's a gaming convention. There were video games, there were RPGs, and it was a 24-hour... Actually, it was a 72-hour convention. It took a, the course over the, the weekend. And, man, it was absolutely incredible. I had more fun at that convention than I have in any other. It was hosted through Discord, okay. and there were close to 70 different channels going at a time so they had an artist's alley where you could go visit uh, people submitting art they had a, vi- a, mi- a 24-hour minecraft server that i jumped onto and played there were multiple rpgs i played uh, a call of cthulhu game with some friends um and it was spectacular and i'm in one right now actually as we record this there's another one going on an online convention for gaming and it's been going since Friday, and I've watched three or four games and been a part of this community online, and it's been nothing but lovely. So do you think that this is a good replacement, Glenn, uh, in the current circumstances? Oh, absolutely. But take us through how these work. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I've been to a few conventions. So you go to a convention, you get security checked, thanks 9-11. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then you go yeah. through with your wristband, you go around, you look at people's different stalls or their different games or the different eating areas or the entertainment that's being put on the stage. You have a, often have a cosplay parade or mm-hmm. uh, you will have like a vendor parade or something along those lines or special guest stars. How does a virtual one of these work? Almost exactly the same way. There's an opening ceremony there where the head of the organization will greet you and say, hey, here's a plan for what we're doing for the next 40 hours. And then um, there's a set schedule. And these people put in so many 
hours of work. Mm. The first convention was done in three days to set it up. And it's it's way better than the one that they've been planning for a month that I'm in now. But then you have choices. Hey, would you like to play video games? And then you go onto the server and then you join the virtual uh, online call through Discord and you just talk and play games. Or you could play an RPG, which requires a little bit of work on your hands. But I would say there were six or seven RPGs being played simultaneously. Then there would be panels, which was even more awesome. And I was a part of one dealing with uh, introducing games to children, which I did. And it was just me and another guy talking about this for an hour. And people came and watched. And then there was another panel. So it is simultaneous madness. And you have, it's just like a real convention. You have to really just say, hey, do I want to sacrifice this panel for this one? What is more important to me? And for 24 hours for me personally i didn't stop going to panels conventions discussions games and it was fascinating without leaving um, my house at all so cosplay was there everything from a real convention was there it's just done through discord and it's complete freedom it's also complete chaos because you want to do everything you want to do so that was an extraordinarily uh, wonderful event that, that happened and that's going on now. And I hope that there are many more, um, even when this is all over, because it's so convenient. It's so convenient. You don't need to leave the house. You don't need to be around 50,000 people. You know, San Diego Comic-Con was just canceled. I'm sure New York will be as well. Uh, well, we'll see. That's next year. But this is a wonderful way to fill some time. So I would really implore all the listeners, go find a community online and see if they have anything going on or start your own. You know, it just takes a bit of time setting up the schedule. It'll take you a couple days, but man, it's been wild. So that that has been my experience with gaming. Now, outside of gaming, Glenn, what do you, what are some things you think you can do online virtually? That well, you, you uh, well, one of the things, well, obviously work, but did you see yeah. any of the Global Citizen concert? Yes, I did. I watched about three hours of it. So what was it? <laughs> yeah, this is the thing. I mean, it essentially was like a, a, a charity concert done from the living rooms of various artists, um, which seems mad in its concept. I mean, I was watching the Rolling Stones. Did you watch that? The Rolling Stones? No. Incredible. No, I didn't catch that. Right. All four of them in their own homes, completely separate, playing in tune. Uh, to the point that the drummer didn't actually have drums <laughs> for some bizarre huh. reason. He didn't have a drum set, so he was uh, air drumming, okay? <laughs> but I was watching this with um, my better half, and I turned to her and I said, I bet you he is actually hitting the drums that should be there. I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, guarantee Because you could just see him. He, he was like a robot working. He wasn't playing air drums. He was playing a drum kit that wasn't there. Um, yeah. But, you know, if someone said last year, <laughs> oh, we're going to do a, a benefit gig and everyone's going to do it from their living rooms or their, yeah. you know, I mean, Lady Gaga, she looked like she was probably in her apartment in New York and she looked like she was in an open plan apartment in her kitchen playing her piano. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I was just absolutely fascinated by this. The fact they can put something like this on. But here's the point I'm getting to, right? This was incredible what they did here, but these people are celebrities because of how we used to do stuff. The new way, would this would they then be celebrities, or would if this carried on and this is how it was from now on, would we then see you need to be an online person to be a celebrity? Does that make sense? 
Yes, it does. And I, I think as long as this keeps up, it will. But with the second that people are able to congregate, uh, they'll go back to being superstars, you know. Um, and it's a good point. I watched some of it, and there's a lot of artists I didn't even know were still making music that mm. came back, which is great. And that brings us to, like, basically the next section of this, which is music. Yes. Um, and, man, there's so much to do. Uh, there's so much to watch, and not just old archives. Your favorite artists right now are online giving free performances. Mm -hmm. uh, Chick, Chick Corea, who is just huge, uh, a great musician, is practicing. And I wouldn't really call it practicing. I would say it's improvising every day for two, three hours online, opening it up. And this is one of the most foremost, like, brilliant musicians of our time, just giving you access into his home and how his brain works. So he's on there usually later on in the day, uh, around 3 or 4 Eastern time. Uh, you can check that out. Um, other bands have really just been opening up streams of concerts that they've previously had. Um, Baby Metal. I don't know. Do you know Baby Metal, Glenn? No, what is this? Okay, Baby Metal is a phenomenal, fantastic, weird group. It is described as Japanese kawaii metal. So what that means is it is some of the heaviest music you would ever hear mm -hmm. with three little Asian women dancing and singing in front of it. <laughs> and it is the best show I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of shows. Like, they, they posted on their site just two shows, one night and then a second night. The first night is much better than the second. Uh, everyone should watch this. Just at least the first five minutes after, like, once they start performing. Because it's a show. Like, I've been to, I'm repeating myself, a lot of shows. This, this made me feel like I was right there. It was so well produced. It was so well done. And that's just one band, Baby Metal. And... It was one of like the highlights of this whole thing so far is watching that two and a half hour concert and being enthralled with these three little Asian chicks going berserk in front of 50,000 people. So um, a lot of our bands, Radiohead is putting up streams. The Berlin Philharmonic has given away two weeks of free uh, of their digital platform. So I would really say, hey, go find your favorite bands. See what they're doing. You have a favorite band from 20 years ago? Goldfinger who was on the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater wow. soundtrack, yeah. re released uh, one of their hits. The same concept as the Rolling Stones. All of them were in their house. All of them put it together. And it's just like a trip, man. You, you're like, I remember this song. Look at these old farts now, tearing it up, doing a great <laughs> job. You know, like, and they killed it. It was phenomenal. So um, that, that was music. I mean, do you have anything else to add on the music end? Like... I know uh, that's my specialty, but... <laughs> no, uh, not not really on, on the music end. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you've seen... Have people been doing TV shows from their living rooms or their lounges in America? Um, I haven't really... That's not my scene. I'm not really into that. I don't know. Why, have they been doing it over there? Yeah, this is the thing. I mean, I've caught fleeting glances if we've been flicking between movies we've been watching and things like that, but... Um, it seems a lot of broadcasting is now shifting towards uh, very similar to what they did with the episode 8 of Tiger King. Uh, ah, okay. Where they've got a presenter presenting a whole TV show and they're just video calling. Um, That's all of our news currently. All of our news is currently people at home. Yeah. Well, even the newscasters. All of the newscasters. That's crazy. Every one of them for the past month has been at home because their studio has got infected, you know. Um, 
again, I'm in New York, which is the epicenter of all of this. So it's just, yeah, no, that's been going on for about a month. Okay. Even like the, the weather woman goes out in her car and has a little weather thingy on the back of it. And she shoots from her driveway. So that's the extent of, uh, ours, but they're doing like full sitcoms or full, like, like SNL did that whole thing in live, uh, where everyone was at home. Is that what you're seeing? Um, it's, yeah, it's very, very similar to that is in. They're having full chat shows now where they're just getting guests on as, oh, joining us from his home is so-and-so or this person, that person. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and it's bizarre because you, th you think a year ago someone said, you know, we want you to make a TV show, but it's directly from your house because yeah. why not? Here's an iPhone. Um, you think it'd be laughed out of the business, but it kind of goes to show you now that I suppose... What people have been doing on YouTube for years has now become the norm, hasn't it? Yeah, no, and I think that's important for people to realize, you know, especially myself. It's like the standards are dropping mm -hmm. very rapidly for human life, for human entertainment, for music, for everything. And uh, I think some people are really appreciating, appreciating this more than ever. I know I am, you know, like this nightmare has caused... Uh, people to rethink how their lives essentially so uh and some people are taking really good advantage of that and some people aren't so um but yeah it's <laughs> it's really something else to see all this happening in real time especially with music and everything but as a musician there's no better time than now because i could sit and practice and sit and listen to music and catch up on anything so but, but there's it, it, go ahead no but but do you think I mean, Bill Gates. Has, Bill Gates said uh, recently, uh, this week, that we are never ever going to be going back to how things were after this yeah. because we've proven we can do it like this. So why aren't we doing it like this? Uh, he was talking about the shareholder meetings at his Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, mm -hmm. They're all done virtually, yeah. a whole lot of them. Uh, so why not? Really, why not do it like that? I don't know. I, I don't know. But I've been pushing for this for many years of just, you know, there's no need. I'm on the board of an organization and I, they always insist in that we meet together. And eventually I just said, hey, can we do this virtually? Why are, why are people coming from all over the place where we can do this over a phone call? It goes back to the, could this be an email thing instead of a meeting? So, yeah, no, I mean, Gates knows what's up, obviously. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I think a lot of jobs, which is the saddest thing, and a lot of people are going to realize, well, maybe we don't all need to be here. You know, yeah. so, but that that's too heavy for me. Speaking of heavy and dark things, I took a, a virtual tour of the Winchester Mystery House. Do you know about this? Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, nice. it's the house of the widow of yes. uh, the inventor of the Winchester rifle. Kept building the house repeatedly because the rumor is that she was haunted by spirits who were the souls of people killed by Winchester rifles. And she was told by a psychic to just keep building. Just keep building. So this crazy house that's full of mazes and weird corridors and everything. Uh, apparently she had a scribing room as well where she'd sit and yeah. communicate with the dead. Uh, tell me about it. I'm really excited. I'm fascinated you, you by this see, house. You see, Glenn, this is why you can't have a British friend. Because I, I just asked you ever hear of it and then you gave me the whole damn history and took away my whole story. Thanks. No. <laughs> smart British man. No, it, 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 Glenn nailed it. You know, I mean, he did it better than me. But l let me at least talk about the tour. Yes, I want to hear about the tour and I want to hear about the Tours. house. Yeah. Tour was awesome. 
it's it's available if you go to winchestermysteryhouse.com slash tours uh and then i don't think you can buy a ticket or I don't know, whatever. It's a 45-minute video, and it it walks you through this house. Every detail that you can imagine, like her thought process. But the house is beautiful. There are doors that lead to nothing mm -hmm. except granite walls. There are windows that lead to nothing, and you can see nothing. There's a room with uh, a thousand windows. It, it was the most fascinating virtual tour or tour that I've ever taken. Um, so, it, yeah, it, she was a, a nut job, and she kept building until the very end this just go watch this if you can find it um it, it was worth the 45 minutes and it was super well done so there are virtual tours happening all the time and that's like that was the best one i've taken so far i've taken a couple um but like museums for example the guggenheim in new york is d doing one and it's wonderful there's so many different things there and there's tons of them. The Louvre in Paris, you can go and virtually tour. I mean, the Van Gogh Museum, the Vatican Museum, like the British Museum. Any, they're getting smart, Glenn. I mean, they're getting really smart and they're not charging anything for it. You can go see the Louvre from your couch and, and go through it, you know, but um, that takes effort. And I don't think a lot of people want to put in the effort to go and do that. They just want to hit the TV and veg out, which I'm all for. But these things are available. And the last one that I wanted to touch upon, which was so interesting. We have a show called PBS Sunday Morning, mm -hmm. which is really something special here in the States. Because with all the news and everything, it's always so violence or this and that. This is like Mr. Rogers of news. Yeah. They have different segments. They do a wonderful job. And they were telling uh, the viewers how to explore national parks something i would have never thought to do and if you go to mps.gov slash subject slash sound slash gallery blah 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 um you can go and listen to the sounds of the national parks and they put together playlists that you can just have on the, at, in the background and it's some of the most rarest animals in the world um and it was fascinating. You just throw this on. They have, like, the spotted bat. I'd love to have Glenn narrating this. The birds <laughs> of the wilds. You know, the hermit thrush. The kill deer. And you can listen to all these animals fr from your, you know, thing. Maybe you should do that, Glenn. Let's, let's do a documentary on the site, and you can just read everything to the viewers. I think that would be a big hit. That but. does sound amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's just really all I had on my end. But you... I find it very tough to be bored during this time because there's so much to be doing and so much out there on the internet. It's just you have to know where to look. So I hope that a couple of those gave you some ideas, but look around. It is a lot. Are there any other virtual things, Glenn, that you think will start popping up? Um, yeah, I think uh, the, certainly the virtual concerts will continue. Um, mm. I'm interested more. I don't know if you've seen um, what Dana White's planning to do with the UFC fights. No, I've heard rumblings of this. What is this? He's basically hiring a private island. Um, oh, yeah. This, this is crazy. Hiring a private island with no audiences just to have these fights on. Um, and it, it, it seems absolutely nuts that you can do this. Um, they've just gone, no, well, this is how we're going to get around it. You're going to come to my private island and you're basically going to fight and we're going to broadcast it across the internet. There are movies like this. This is it. Literal movies. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I got to. And I was just like, that sounds really bizarre. Because uh, that sounds like something out of a movie. Something like Enter the Dragon. 
where yeah you know where we go blood sport dina's island <laughs> yeah <laughs> to fight to the to fight to the death until there's only one survivor um this is crazy yeah and that that's the thing is like is that how it's going to be happening is this what's going to gonna be the future of everything is this is what happens now is everything is contained we're all very distant um one thing i do want to cover is let's mm-hmm. talk about <clears throat> let's talk about what you watched last weekend and that's wrestlemania the virtual yeah. wrestlemania now you're more of a wrestling watcher than me let's let's be honest um what True. did you what did you th- Find the experience of watching wrestling without an audience. Is it different? Is it worse? Is it better? It's much different in in a good way. Um, I'm just going to give you a couple highlights. Not having a crowd there definitely made a big difference, but what was cool is you could hear the wrestlers talk. This gave the wrestlers an opportunity to build up a story, which you never hear with 30,000 people in there. They were talking, they were like talking smack the whole time. Like there, there was real emotion going on through the show with only two people. And the highlight from that weekend, it was over the course of two nights. Uh, I think it was four hours one night, four hours the other night, or seven, whatever, um, was two matches that were done not in the building that were pre-shot like a movie. And that was The Undertaker versus AJ Styles and Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. Uh, the, f- the former being way better than the second, but they were both phenomenal. They shot these over the course of three days and turned it into a movie. With It was a movie. There was a beginning, a middle, an end, a story. You were hooked. And by the end of it, it was, it was probably one of the best things that I've seen in wrestling in the past five, six years. Um, and that's because they went outside the box, just like Dana White, and said, you know what? Let's just do something completely ridiculous. And it was so ridiculous, Glenn, that it worked. It worked. It entertained me more than I've been entertained by any WrestleMania in a long time. So people are getting creative in this. And that's what's starting to spread. um, That, listen, everyone gets it. We're not in the normal circumstances. Here's something completely different. And now for something completely different. So it was a great event and one one that will never ever be forgotten just because of those two matches and the circumstances around it so it was entertaining eight hours of wrestling with no people there was absolutely entertaining was it entertaining the whole time no but some of it really was so um yeah it was a positive experience all around and the whole wrestling community felt the same way we walked out of those matches going whoa what the hell did we just watch and um People are still talking about it two, a week later, and we'll be talking about it for a lifetime. So, it was awesome. Did you get a chance to watch any of it? I've, I've, I've watched uh, some highlights, but what I was more intrigued by, and I'm surprised they didn't mm-hmm. do this, was um, putting like a virtual crowd in where if you're, if let's say you get a buy or a few, certain number of viewers shows an avatar in like a screen in the crowd, so you can actually have like a virtual crowd surrounding the ring that represents how many people are watching. Um, I'd, I'd be surprised. I yeah. I, was... I like that idea. I, even better would be to, to, if you had virtual reality, you could have a seat ringside. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I know they've done that before, but I think it, because here's the problem with that, and this is the only hole I can poke in it. There would be astronomical numbers of people watching compared to, that you know it would have to be in like the roman coliseum 10 times over there's there were 
six million people watching and i don't know if you can recreate that virtually without crashing the system but i, I love the idea of like try and make it as normal as possible mm. um while keeping the insanity there like have me punch a virtual ticket welcome me to the arena like you like i don't know people are craving for structure and normalcy so these online events or and experiences should be kind of catered to that i don't know maybe not but just saying hey you know we we know what everyone's going through here's something crazy but here's a little bit of normalcy as well so um yeah, it, it was really cool, man. It, it, I love that idea. I think that's a great idea. And yeah, I, I think if, I, if this carries on as it is, maybe this will be what happens now is this is how it becomes where everything's done behind closed doors. Yeah, and I think that's the foreseeable future, especially where I live. Um, not to get into politics, but people are talking about opening up uh, s stuff already, and it just scares me. It's like, uh, for me, health comes first, mm. so... But that's a whole nother discussion. So, but those are a couple of the things that you can be doing. Um, there's a lot. It's endless, man, and I love it. And I, I'm in a virtual world every day, aside from work. And I go outside. I mean, I, I'm planning on barbecuing and stuff. But I, I, I don't see how anyone could be bored with knowing, with the knowledge of the resources that are out there to you that have never been present before. So, oh, yeah, but so um, it's crazy how people are saying, "I've got nothing to do." It's like, really, this. <laughs> <laughs> the internet you could literally sit and watch everything on the internet for the rest of your life without having to move and you still wouldn't get through one tenth of it yeah yeah so but that's the world we live in that that's the world me and you live in and we're privy to the knowledge so i hope other people take advantage because there's some awesome stuff out there man but with awesome stuff there also comes awesome anticipation for things like games and one that you've been super psyched for and you said day one mike i, I don't ask you to buy anything i need you to buy this and i went Absolutely. done you know because i'm a terrible person and i ask glenn to buy every game that i have uh you know an inkling that it <laughs> might be good and i'm like glenn get this and then it's a pile of crap so yeah. when when glenn asks i buy <laughs> so glenn why why this why now what is this and why should people care well this is the new Predator game. So for anyone who knows what a Predator is, basically it's what Arnold Schwarzenegger fought in the jungles of Colombia back in 1987. It's an alien hunter that came to Earth to hunt for sport, right? The ultimate sport being man. That was the thing. And from there they've spawned franchise of film after film after film. Mike and I have played, uh, we played to death an Alien vs Predator game back in the day and I just yeah. thought the idea of uh, I mean it's, it's been done before one of you plays as the Predator four people play as a fire team but I, I just love the idea of this actually being hunted by the Predator and just having to rely on your friends to stay alive or the other way around you're a Predator hunting your friends I thought it was a great squad based game uh, it could be a lot of fun and it really is just just for that really it's the uh just the fun aspects and we both love the predator franchise and i saw saw some footage of it and i was like i have to play that game even if i play it and hate it um i have to actually put the time into that game because they've gone they look very authentic they haven't gone too crazy with the designs you get uh three different types of predator i believe uh, if I remember rightly, you've got and a these. female one too, and a female which is one. awesome, uh, great. Yeah, it's, it's it's PS4 exclusive for console, and it's exclusive on Epic Store. 
Um, but you get... and Microsoft Windows <laughs> <laughs> and Microsoft Windows. Yeah. So it's PC. P- this is the bizarre thing with PC, isn't it? It's just the fact they go, oh, it's like the the neutral ground for everyone. Yeah. Uh, I always yeah. find that strange. That it's uh, that's that's the one that's like. No one really worries about PC that much until it takes over the console market, and then they go, "What happened?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you do have you have different types of Predator as well, different customizations. The concept of it looks very, very, very basic as a game. But I think yeah, we've seen it before with uh, Evolve. We've seen it before with Friday the Thirteenth with uh, Dead by Daylight. It's the same formula they've been using for years, which is a good formula. It's a great formula. It really, so, it really is. Uh, but this time it's the Predator, and you and I both yeah. both love the Predator anyway. Uh, it's based it's all, based on the horror franchise. So, what more? Yeah, it's all you... about skinning. What if they did this for uh, Freddy? You know, from Nightmare on Elm Street, I'd buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great formula, but you have to have the people that respect that formula in, in a party together. Like you and I love this, this franchise. So, it this is a Call of Duty formula that will be around for. Ever. It's just, what are they skinning this time? But the good news on this one, Glenn, that uh, we haven't really talked about is the price, man. It's 40 bucks. Yeah. Why, why do you think it's cheaper than a, a regular AAA game? It looks the same. I, like, what? I think. Why? I think it's because, to be quite honest, they, uh, they're not selling it as a single-player experience. They've just gone, it's literally a multiplayer game that you just jump in with okay. your friends. I think that's, that's pretty much the reason behind it. I don't think there's any need to charge more, really. It's just... Uh, uh, I respect that they're doing that, man. That's good. Like you, you think Predator, and you're going, that's a big franchise. They could be charging a full thing. But mm-hmm. I think there's just two types of games now. Either it's a full game single-player, multiplayer, or just multiplayer. We didn't have that five years ago. No. You know? So this is a new genre that's coming out, and you have a choice, but at least developers are pricing it appropriately. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, uh, the game does look absolutely gorgeous. It looks gorgeous. Absolutely I did, gorgeous. I couldn't believe it. You sent it to me, I'm like, really? This is how it's going to look? It looks awesome, and you know me. I'm very superficial mm. with games. I need, I need it to look good. And this was like, whoa. Okay, so uh, what are you looking most forward to? Like, is it the fact of being hunted? Do you want to play as the predator? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll be quite honest. Uh, the reason I want to play this is because I want to play it with you because I feel we do have unfinished business from Alien Wait, say versus that again. Predator. Hold on, say that one more time. <laughs> yeah, I believe we have unfinished business from yes. Alien versus Predator from all those years ago. One of the first games we actually played online together was the Alien versus Predator game. Um, really? Yeah, it God. really was. Yeah, and we, we used to take turns hunting each other in that. Yes, and, yes, uh, I remember that. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't feel we got our, our finish on that. So, yeah, it's just got to be one of those games, I think, that uh, it's going to be a let's play it for an hour or so. Bang, done, right, what else are we going to play? But yeah. I think it's going to have a lot of comeback value where we will yes. be returning to it a lot. I'm very, very excited about it anyway. Yeah, longevity is going to be great. Yeah. And I hope that they let us play one-on-one, too. That we just play a, a, a private game and just me and you hunt each other. I mean, it's manhunt. It's hide-and-go-seek with weapons, which is always a fun recipe for, you know, laughs and stuff. But, yeah, these games have quite a history. I mean, I was looking it up. The amount of Alien games versus the amount of Predator games is astounding. Alien mm. has way more games than Predator up until recently. But, like, the first one, I had no clue, came out in 1987. 
on uh, what the heck is it on? It was on NES. It was on the Atari ST. Like it, it goes back to like, hey, this formula has been around forever, Glenn. They released a movie and they released a game right after that. That's yeah, crazy. Uh, I can actually tell thirty you years ago that Predator game I actually played. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was it, platforming. Yeah, yeah, it's platforming. But every so often, the game, the screen would go dark, and you'd see the predators' um, target <laughs> eyes, right? Yeah, you'd yeah. See yeah. The targeting thing come up and start hunting for you. Uh, yeah, actually played that. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and there were more. There was like Predator Two in 1990, which was just like a shooter yep. like on rails. But there were there were a lot. But man, there were so many more Alien games. So. Um, yeah, I think this is cool. I wonder if we'll ever get a, a Predator game with like a like an actual story. That'd be amazing. You know? That really would. Yeah, you'd want to play that. Absolutely. Even if they said, even if, and I imagine this is going to happen. I don't know whether they'd be able to get the rights to, but I imagine for this particular game, you're going to have a DLC pack which is going to be Dutch's team from the original Predator film. Yeah, I think that's coming. I really do. Where they might I'd not get the that. likeness of Schwarzenegger, depending on how he's feeling at the time. Yeah. But they could potentially get him in this. I mean, he might go all out and do a Sigourney Weaver and go, yeah, I'll resume the part for this game. Yeah. Uh, straight, yeah, Sigourney Weaver did it for Alien Isolation. Um, yeah, no. It would be, it's, it's it'd be amazing. I, I wouldn't put it past him doing it, but I think you're going to get that. I mean, imagine if they then released a story mode where you just play through the first Predator. I think that's what it comes down to with games, at least for me, from movies. If they can manage to get the same people from the movie in mm -hmm. the game, that is game-changing. Because there's nothing worse than having your memory tarnished by someone else, you know? Like, Ghostbusters game did that. They, they got people... Um, back from the movies i mean that's super important that's a memory that you cherish and you're gonna get joe on the street to come in and voice you know predator or so like anyone iconic it's not going to be the same so thankfully predator doesn't really have a voice but the the people trying to get them do so th that's going to be super important who are they voice casting for this stuff that's what i think makes a movie game successful and there are so few movie games that have been successful i can't even think of one but uh yeah actually i can one we play okay well we'll see <laughs> yeah but yeah even then it's kind not of an, niche. It, it's, yeah I, yeah I, it's not iconic but you're right that yeah there's no voice casting in that no. you know but like uh I think, for personally, that's what the game hinges on. Is it going to feel like the movie? You want to feel like the movie, but you want to be able to control the movie. You yeah, know? It's almost absolutely. like an RPG. But, now, this this looks great, and we're going to go into depth in this in the future. So in the upcoming episodes, once this game is released, we are going to dive deep into this. And uh, But you got to listen. It's it's going to be a journey for us. Uh, we're hyped now. Yep. I'm very hyped. Glenn's got me hyped. So... Um, yeah, and I'd love to get a game going on with some listeners if anyone's around, you know, once this re releases. But uh, am I safe to assume that we're both going to be playing on PC? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Well, no, yeah, I, I have already pre-ordered from Epic Games. So have I. So have I. Uh, oh, good. I was going to ask my next question is, are you brave enough to pre-order? Because you get the 87 Predator skin and the uh, Jesse Ventura's minigun. Do you remember that? Yeah, somewhat, yeah. Yeah. I mean... I listen. I pre-ordered because 
it's you, it, this means a lot to you, and I like the franchise too. Um, you know, the, the whole pre-ordering thing is a whole another discussion. But yeah, the second you said it, I'm like, sure, Predator, yeah. five, five people with my friends, sure. You know, I mean, it's a no-brainer for me. I have no hesitations on pre-ordering. Yeah. If I have someone to play it with, because then if it's terrible, like that game we played and I can't remember the name, we, we can suffer in it together. And that almost creates a joy out of something that's miserable. So Absolutely. I have I have no regrets and I know that this will be better than I expect, which is not much. You know, when you come in with no idea what the game is or the movie or anything, you're pleasantly surprised more often than not. Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's always the case. Um yeah, so I'm what's the next franchise very, very you, what's the next franchise you want to see given this treatment robocop oh yeah mm-hmm. that would be awesome robocop. oh my god great answer yep i mean the world is overdue a good robocop game i, I, I agree st- i still can't believe one's not been made but imagine playing cops and robbers where one of you's robocop and four of you are a criminal gang See that's awesome. That's a, I'd love that. Uh, one one fr- idea that comes to mind would be Joker. Yes. Yeah, that would be crazy. I'd, I'd love a, a Joker game like this. You know, everyone's hunting the Joker, and oh, that would be cool too. I mean, the formula, like the possibilities for this, is endless. So, the mere fact that we got a, a Jason game, Friday the Thirteenth game, like in this setting, is astounding to me, mm-hmm. and that the horror is coming back. Um, but Predator, dude, that's going to be one for the record books. But Robocop, yeah. for sure. I'd love to, to see Joker. And I'm not a big fan of Joker, but I just feel like evil villains or anti-heroes make the best, uh, you know, games in this genre. Yeah. You know? Like, no one wants to play Barbie. You, you know? Like, <laughs> it just doesn't work. So, yeah, I'm trying to think <laughs> of any other any other really good protagonist that would this, make this great i'd love a freaking jaws game all right i'll put it out there i want a jaws game where he plays the shark and then you got to play as the people from amityville trying to to do that like it it could be like almost an mmo type game but like it it has to have an eagle evil protagonist yeah i think or just i think so (laughs) that'd be awesome i know there's like a jaws like game coming out that i'm gonna lose in my mind for but it's also the 45th anniversary this summer and they're putting out a 4k blu-ray disc with uh 100 extra hours whatever but i digress it's predator's gonna be sick it's uh, we just need some other people yes friends of the show Friends of the show, uh, if you want to play Predator with us, uh, I have recently set up a way of contacting us. Um, you can find us on a Gmail email address as well, and that's tgrumpitspod at gmail.com. Or nice. uh, we've got a Discord up as well that I can give out. That's the Tea and Grumpets Discord, which I'll post in the footnotes of this episode. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, feel free to jump on and we will shortly have a Twitch channel set up as well. So yay. There we go. Yes. So you can find us on, if you want to join up and Discord is your thing, we are T Grumpets Pod. And I have been Glenn. I've been Mike. And we will talk to you next week. Take care, everyone. Stay, stay safe. And remember, stay indoors.